Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Sport podcast. My name is Jake Bickerton and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport. This is a session from the recent Broadcast Sport content summit we held at Dot 10 Studios in Salford. It's called How We Made Micah Richards Tackling Racism. It's chaired by Carrie Wooten, Managing Director of Rise, and the speakers are Nad Ali, Senior Editor of Buzz16, Rio Clark, Assistant Producer of Buzz16, and Nick Mattingly. My name is Carrie Whitten and I'm the Managing Director of RISE and I'm really delighted to be chairing this session today on Micah Richards tackling racism. I've um, got three brilliant speakers with me this morning, so welcome to Nad and to Ria and to Nick. Um, before we kind of get you to introduce yourselves um, properly and what you kind of, your role was on the film, I think we should t- kind of take a look at the trailer. So if we could play that, please, that I think is going to help us frame the discussion. Firstly, huge congratulations on producing such a powerful film. It was... It was yeah, it was really thought-provoking, and I, and I really enjoyed watching it, so, so congratulations to you all. Would you like to just introduce yourselves and talk us through your role on, on the film? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm uh, Nad. Um, I'm the senior editor at Bus 16, and I edited the documentary, and I did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with Nick and Rio as well. So I was in the grade, helping push the grade out as well, so I was doing a lot of the post-production work. Yeah. And I did the graphics. <laughs> There's a list here. <laughs> you and I did this. There you go. <laughs> cool, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm Rio. I was the assistant producer. So, like, a lot of it was, at the start, was the research and getting the foundation, you know, collaborating with Nick and the direction we want to go into, then, you know, just helping Nick out on the shoots and in the edit and stuff. And, yeah, so it's a bit of everything. And I'm Nick Mattingly, and I am uh, camera and, um, and director. Uh, but it was... Um, I think it was, it, for me, it was a different project in that we, I mean, you know, for me, being asked to make a programme about racism seemed like it wasn't really one for me, but for, because but Buzz, the company we were working with, have got yeah. really close relationship with an organisation called Mama Youth, and um, we very much approached it as a kind of way of facilitating people to make the doc. I think, I mean, Micah hadn't made a doc before had he no no so we sort of started off with him doing big sort of big overall interviews just Mm -hmm. to get an idea of what he wanted in it and then it was very much a case of sort of opening it up and seeing what what questions people wanted to ask and how we were going to do it yeah so how did you approach bringing that diversity to both on screen and also behind the scenes on the on the crew that you were working with how did that process work? And working with Mummy Youth, what did you know? Well, you two can explain more about that because you're more kind of involved with youth, uh, with um, Mummy Youth, and also Buzz, I suppose. I just come yeah. in as a freelance, but yeah. yeah so I, I, I mean, my first thing into TV was Mummy Youth Projects, and what what Mummy Youth is, it's a charity slash training program. So they help people from underprivileged backgrounds and diverse backgrounds who won't necessarily get the opportunity to work in TV um, to essentially make a TV program on Sky. Um, so I was a trainee sound operator, but there's trainee researchers and there's editors and there's the production management team as well. Yeah. Um, and then what they do, they get you a placement after. So I then I went to Pima Studios. A lot of people went to BBC and Sky. Um, but because it, Mum Youth was based at Sky, I met a lot of people from Sky Sports and stuff. And then that's where I made the connection from someone at Sky Sports at Buzz 16 because they make a lot okay. of sport content as well. Yeah. So that's how I got involved into Buzz 16. It wasn't a formal partnership at that time. I was the first one from Mama Youth. Yeah. But after that point, um, because Scott, the owner, um, he knows Bob Clark, which I'm sure some of you guys know, who's mm-hmm. the founder of Mama Youth. Yeah. Um, so after, like, essentially he brought me on, he thought it was a good idea. 
to sort of do it formally and, mm. and get it done. So there's a lot more people from my youth at by 16. And then particularly for this particular project as well, right? To actually, it was it seems to me that it'd be kind of front and centre of making sure the ethos and the value reflected, you know, reflected the issues that Michael wanted to talk about and having that diversity represented, as I say, both front and behind the scenes. Yeah, and I think because that naturally happened, what what that, the domino effect of that was um, the people that we wanted to speak to on the documentary, they were also diverse because yeah. we felt passionate about that. So it wasn't a case of we need to get... X amount of black people, X amount of Asian people, you know, it was just who's the best people to speak about this, whether it's their own experience or it's someone who can tell us how it's changing or they have the power to change it. So that's what we wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, well, and you can definitely see that reflected throughout yeah. the film. And so how do you think having a diverse crew and then diversity on the film, obviously they're tackling racism, so not having diversity in front of the camera, I wouldn't, I, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have you just kind of had that conversation obviously but how do you think it, it reflected itself through the film it's you know having that diverse crew behind the camera how did it impact the film do you think from my perspective yeah it'd be great yeah from an editing especially especially behind our you know post filming for example and <coughs> we we can look at a script and we can we can pass down what we feel is the information we want to express out to the world you know we're we're not able to, you know. Sometimes we, sometimes we don't have a voice. Mm. And it, in this project, we had Nick allowed us a lot of control in what we could say. You know, it's like, are we are we pushing this far enough? And me and Rio had a lot of discussions mm -hmm. about are we are we saying the right thing here? Are we are we being too harsh? Are we not being harsh enough in a lot of scenes? Yeah. And so that would reflect in the edit, which would then give back to Nick, who would then watch back inside. Are we, you know, is this okay? Are we, and he'd ask us, are we okay saying this? And you know, yeah. in, the, in the end, we said what we've been able to say. Sounds like it's a really you know, collaborative a of, process yeah, in this one. Of, kind it's of a lot of freedom as well. And it's a lot, I think it's, good um, it's a good experience for, say, Rio and other members of Bar 16 as well, um, who are a lot, a lot younger than I am, yeah. um, to be able to have that voice and be able to say what they want to say. You know? yeah. Whereas, and it's worth mentioning, I'm not a mum youth member. I've never come through that process. Um, it's all new to me. Rio was the introduction to my move to, for, for me yeah. as well. So to, to see that and see how we've progressed as an entire company, um, including you know people from various backgrounds, not just you know um, different races, but different cultural backgrounds as well. Yeah. Like, you know how they how their upbringings are, where they've come yeah. from. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah. it's, it's a good mix. And, so, Nick, how did you manage those conversations then? How did you kind of pull all of that together and question and challenge where you needed to and make sure that everyone was feeling comfortable with the messaging that you were putting across in the film? Um, well, I mean, I think, but I think it's really important to st stress with... Because, I mean, I work on... I'm a freelance director, so I've just done a BBC series. Before that, I did an ITV single. So, I, I, But I've, I've worked with Buzz loads. Yeah. And it's totally shot through the total ethos of that company. Yeah. Um, working with Mama Youth, but also it's almost as if, you know, it's really fundamental, it's a fundamental thing. Sometimes I've been in companies and, and it feels like diversity is something that I'm not quite sure how intrinsic that, that understanding is. Uh, but with something like Buzz, it really is. It's the kind of, it's the essence of the company. Mm. And so, um, and that enables you not to, ha you, you, there's not, there are a lot of uncomfortable conversations that you have at some companies that are taking things on because they feel they need to, which you don't have a buzz because it's not, everyone's a buzz and it works. And 
Um, you know, there's a lot of content being, there's lots of people coming in to the company, and you don't get the feeling that it's something that has to be articulated massively. I mean, but there again, I've got a different perspective. Because it's in their ethos and values, by the sound of it. It sounds as though it's kind of I embedded think, throughout I think the organisation. As soon as the company started, it had that relationship with Mama Youth, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and there's loads of people that have come through there. Yeah, I think literally, like, there's like half of about 16 who have some sort of connection with Mama Youth. So. Um, yeah, it's great to see. And I think there's one thing I wanted to add about the support and stuff. Like, Yeah, that was going to be my next question, was okay. about the support. So, yeah, tell us a bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so I think, like, I mean, we just heard some of the experience that Nick has. You know, he's an experienced director. <coughs> and for me, like, this was my first like, real documentary. But one of the first things, like, we spoke about was that like, he wanted me to sort of take control and stuff, like, on, on shoot. Because he felt that he has the technical experience, but in terms of, like, from a racing point of view, like, yeah. I've experienced that firsthand. So for him to sort of take that step back and for me to feel responsible as well mm-hmm. like that was a big thing for me to feel to feel involved and to like have a say so I think that that definitely played a part yeah and so what other support did you get through the process was it so working with the crew did you did you get support through Mama Youth still at that point and Buzz 16 how did that yeah because obviously as you said that was quite a big step up but yeah. actually fundamental that your voice was being heard in this yeah I mean you know, in this film Mama Youth is always there to, to, to listen if they if you need to so like yeah. I'll would speak to Bob about, you know, certain, like, angles we want to, like, do and stuff and what he thought of it. And I mean, like, Buzz 16, like, Scott or, or Nick or, you know, other people higher up at Buzz 16, like, you can just speak to them and, like, they're, they're always there to listen to you. So it was always there throughout. Yeah. And do you think that the diversity of the crew and the way that you approach the documentary, do you think that filtered through onto what we see on screen in the final product? I think so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think so too, but I mean, I'm really interested. Not to, because yeah. of the voices that we have and what we're trying to say and how, yeah. how we feel about the subject as well. So, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot more people like we've, we've got, we had a researcher called Ish, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, he's the same as, as me and Rio, you know, come from a different background. Mm-hmm. He's, he's probably gone through experiences of racism himself. Yeah. Um, and for him, having, you know, the ability to that shadow Nick, for example, is probably an amazing learning experience for him. And also just to have a voice and be able to say what he wants to say, yeah. as well as what Rio wants to say, as well as what I want to say. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think there's a, at least from my perspective, there's not been a production that's been like that for a very long time. You know? mm. Yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't a thing of oh, we only want to get people from those diverse backgrounds as well, like yeah. because a lot of people in high positions who have the power to make change are white people. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. my Michael Richards was always pushing us to you know speak to those people so that's why we spoke to Facebook you know we spoke to people from from the FA and stuff because yeah. we wanted to understand their thought process and and I think with the Black Lives Matter movement as well there was a lot more being done it was very more proactive whereas I felt that if we made a documentary two years before that there might have been less solution based things to to speak about and to show so that's interesting so where, when was this shot was it so we it was in the works pre-Black Lives Matter, but okay. when we started to shoot, um, that was, like, post... It was about 18 months ago. Yeah. It was the height of... Yeah, yeah. Quite a lockdown, weren't we? At the time. Yeah. About 18 months. Was yeah. it more? Yeah, about 18 months ago. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think you bring it in, those other white voices, to provide that context of what's happened and to hold them accountable is was hugely important. So I think, you know, that was... You know, that provides that context, doesn't it, to what is going on, partic- uh, obviously specifically in football, but I think more widely in the media industry more broadly because obviously the two are so so interlinked and intrinsically part of each other. Um, so what's 
so obviously Ria, you're here, like talking yesterday. But what's what's happened to the rest of the crew um, since the filming of the the documentary? I mean, it was a small, it was a small crew. Like it was us three. It was Ish. Um, there was Dylan, who was production manager. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like in terms of what Buzz have done, you know, we've we're doing the overlap. Um, what else are we doing? That's that. Got another documentary in the works at the moment. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've got another series of our Class 92 documentary in the works at the moment, which is happening in the background. Um, and hopefully winning more awards for yeah, making yeah. Them, I, mean, so. <laughs> I love that. Hopefully winning more awards. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we, won, we won one for Overlap, uh, Overlap show last week, which is really, really like kind of... And again, that, that's good for our team because like we've been talking about, we've got a massive diverse team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of um, females, a lot of, you know, we've got a new uh, uh, Somali and hijabi Muslim girl, which is amazing because I'm taking her under my wing as an editor. Amazing. She wants to be an editor and I've got Great. her... Um, you know, we've got Rio, we've got a couple of other people, we've got, you know, yeah. so it's, am- it's amazing for our entire like, team. And like Nick said, our company's not, we don't just look at a staff member and, and tick a box and say, you're, you know, you're part of the company. We, we look at the personality and who they are and what, mm-hmm. their, what their drive is, what their passion is. Yeah. And Rio came into Buzz 16, I believe, without any knowledge of like yeah, editing and production I, I, in like, a big way. I went for like a junior assistant producer role, and the first <laughs> question I asked myself was, "What is a junior assistant producer?" <laughs> <laughs> so, like all I knew was that they made football content, and like I was passionate about football. And so like yeah, like I came. I think our CEO Scott Melvin actually created a job for Rio because he, yeah. he, Did he? didn't. Because he spotted talent. Yeah, but what mm. he just saw something in him. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the way it should be. You look yeah, at the person, and, you know, doesn't matter where they come from. Yeah. If they're the right person, they're the right person. And yeah. Rio's proven over, what, four years? Three and a half Three years, half. yeah. yeah so Amazing. Well, well done you for going for it. And I think sometimes people would be held back by that. Yeah. But actually, credit to you for going for it. And then, and then, yeah, and credit to the team for then finding that role for you. Yeah. Um, just while I remember, please do put your questions on Slido. I will, I will come back to them. So do, do add them add them in for the team here. But while, but while we're talking about this, I'd, I'd quite like to ask about, and it came up earlier in the introductions today, about diversity in the industry broadly obviously it's, it's a huge subject that we talk about quite regularly but kind of and I, I'm quite keen to get your insights having made this type of documentary what you think we need to still do as a sector to try and change the diversity and where are we now so let's start with where are we now but also then what do we still need to do what's the journey we still need to go on because obviously Buzz is doing brilliantly in this one but the rest the industry perhaps isn't doing so well or well, I definitely don't think it is particularly when we get to you know the intersectionality between diverse characteristics, like, you know, black, black women, or, you know, there's lots of different, you know, disability, but I'm particularly interested in, in ethnic diversity. So where do you think we are now and um, where do we need to get to? So, Nad, maybe we'll start with you. Mm, I mean, I think my point from before sort of is my way of fixing it is that you don't just look at, you know, obviously, you know, it's important to include everyone from a diverse background. But you need to make sure that that person is is driven. They're they're willing to want to learn, even if they have no experience in what we're doing. We can, we can teach that. Yeah. You know, we we have proven we can teach that. You know, to countless people in Bus 16. Yeah. And you know, some Mummy Youth is a good example of them getting a bit, a core base skill set. Yeah. But yeah. The people you know, there's also people we're hiring that aren't Bus uh, aren't Mummy Youth based. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and we can teach them the right skills as long as we've got the right attitude and the right. Person. 
personality to yeah. go along with that. I think that's one way the whole industry can like change the culture of itself. And actually, if so, I'm just I'll come back to the rest of the ET in a minute. But just on that, if they if a young person doesn't have the skill set, is is it the company's ethos that actually we're, we're going to train that person up because they do have something about them? I think so. Yeah, because I'm not sure yeah. whether we do that enough. So I think no, no, I, I, think don't, I don't think we do either. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it, like I said, it's all about the person and what. Yeah. You know, that maybe maybe they 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 have done things like, for example, maybe they film stuff on their phone. Yeah. You know, something as small as that yeah. could show that there's potential and then they have like a, a creative spark that they have not been tapped into yet. Yeah. And th- those are the things that I think people need to like look more at. Yeah. You know, you've got all these like crazy YouTubers right now and like, you know, they're, they're obviously doing their own thing, but like some of them are, are small, but they have really like interesting ways of doing things that you, we might as, you know, maybe someone as, you know, old, old like me now. But, um, <laughs> But maybe I didn't see that that way of making something. Yeah, got something different. And then I can I can adapt that, and I'm like, well, that, that person can like be developed in a way, you know. Yeah. Like um, we've got a, a guy called Derek at the company now. He who works on our uh, live basketball. basketball. Um, he was talent spotted, I believe, while he was at a basketball game filming stuff for BBL. Yeah. And now he's part of the company. Yeah. And you know he he's learning, he's growing, he's asking me questions, he asks a lot of other people questions. There's a lot of producers helping him. And yeah. he's just going up and up and up eventually. Yeah. So this is the thing: we're not short of yeah. diverse talent. Talent is no, no, it's there. Yeah, there. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. there. Yeah. 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 yeah, just needs to be just needs to be tapped into a bit in a different way. Yeah. You know? and it doesn't always mean that they have to have the skills right now, but they will in the future. I think, yeah, if we give them that opportunity. Yeah, totally. And Ria, how about you? Having been through the Mummy Youth Project and kind of come up through that scheme, yeah. what do you think we still need to be doing and thinking I, about? Yeah, I'll say that because from my experience, like obviously, Mummy Youth work for getting diverse people into but it's not just because they're black or because they're Asian it's it's good people as well so they didn't see it as just a tick box you know no. quite a lot of companies still just do it for a tick box mm. which just means they just stagnate you know yeah. for like a long period of time whereas if it's okay yeah they are diverse but also they're good at their job mm-hmm. you know they, they're gonna do that which means like other people from them backgrounds are also gonna do that yeah well, that's how you get success, yeah. right? You need the right people doing the right Yeah, I think we are going in the right direction, but I'll still say companies like Buzz and Mama Youth are still, like, I'd say loud minorities. Um, and I think the fact that we're now winning awards, it's bigger than just the award. Because, like you said, for the SJ, SJA Awards last week, we all went on stage and everyone saw that. Yeah, and the like, representation. Okay, so it can work. It's proof yeah. that it can work. As, yeah. as I was leaving that award, um, I was stopped by uh, a guy at the door and he was like, I've never seen anyone from any team do what you guys did on stage like I've never seen a team that diverse yeah. ever on stage at an award show ever yeah. and that was like that in, in itself is how significant is that moment yeah. that actually then actually you're starting to change yeah. that and actually it, and also that it can be done mm. as you say like there is talent there yeah. Nick how about from your perspective well the one thing I noticed with something like Buzz is that they're, they're in a position whereby they can retain people yeah. and they're not moving so they haven't got a kind of really fast freelance churn so you've got people who can do one project and go on so not only can people find out what they want to do within the company because they've got people investing in you know giving them opportunities but also there's contracts available so it's not people don't just sort of come in and, and then disappear there is a sort of sense I think in the nature of what's being made so if you've got Gary Neville's overlap channel which is always needing content there's a there's, there's a lot of, and then there's the basketball and then we do yeah. single docs there's a quite a big range of different things yeah. but there's also the ability to keep people so you ask yeah that about, retention point is critical yeah, yeah. I think it's I, th- I think it is yeah. I mean it's been easy it's been better for you hasn't it to have I mean like for everyone you know you have that stability at the beginning of your career yeah. it's slightly different for me where I am in my career but the fact that 
I think you, you, while you're sort of building up your skill set to sort of have that sort of sense that you're not just thinking, oh, I haven't got a job in two months' time when this yeah. finishes. I think you can, you, you're, you're more, I'd have imagined that it's, yeah, that's, a, that's an easy way. Of, and so that's one of the good things about a company like Buzz. So yeah. I think people that can offer longer contracts are, you know, in a strong position when it comes to looking at who you bring into the industry, really. Mm. I think. And bringing into the industry is key. Yeah. I mean, so many projects I've done, people have sort of looked around the issues to do with diversity and they're expecting people that are really established in their in in, in the roles and it just it's just becomes silly there because um because you know because because that is not you you know you, you've got you may have a you need to sort of invest with people with early yeah. stage careers really yeah yeah, yeah. and Rio, you've definitely benefited from that by the sounds of it yeah i mean like, like investment in, in skilling you up and exactly, getting prepared yeah. and i initially was given like a six-week internship to just see how it goes but yeah. I mean, we were a much smaller company at the time. There was like five, six yeah, of us. So like, yeah. I was just needed to, I was needed because like mm. the hands were just needed. So I had that hands-on experience straight away. Like I was sitting in edits, like straight away. And I- Learning I said, on the job. Yeah, learn, literally yeah. learning on the job. Yeah. Um, and like I said like before, like when I first got there, I had to learn what a junior AP was. But then like, I think it was like eight months later, my first credit was assistant producer. So it just shows how quick and how much progress I made at Buzz 16 because I needed to like because Buzz needed me to yeah and it worked both ways because I got the experience and Buzz had the extra pair of hands yeah they had the talent and then they made the investment in you know yeah. in, in ensuring that that talent continued yeah. and they were yeah amazing and um, I'm just going to look at Slido give me one second oh this is to say we've got, we've got quite a few questions so how do you feel about the reaction to your doc it seems to have resonated with a wide audience and picked up loads of plaudits. How you follow this up? I mean, I've had quite a few people, like white people, come to me and say how much they've they've learned from it. And like, I learned, I learned loads from it. Yeah, and I'm I'm still learning. So yeah, yeah I mean, the, the first time it was said to me, it felt a bit weird because it made me realize that yeah, not everyone is aware of the true scale of it. Because yeah. like, I mean, definitely for me and Nad's perspective. Mm. Um, we challenged ourselves, but it wasn't something where we were like, well, we didn't know that existed. Mm. So I just thought everyone felt the same. Yeah. So it was like the fact that we've changed a lot of people's mindsets and their attitude towards it, because maybe they didn't take it serious before. Yeah. Like that's probably been like the most rewarding Yeah, made thing. people think, right? Yeah. Really made them think. I had a long conversation with my other half afterwards about some of the issues you raised. So yeah, totally. Um, okay. Rami says, how similar is the final result of the film to the first script or pre-plan? Were there many surprises that happened along the way? That's I think a great question. The biggest change was the intro and outro, I believe. That was the biggest shift around where Mike was at his school visiting his, uh, his old school teacher. Yeah. And God, he was phenomenal, was by the way. The I believe that was always at the end of the programme, as it was. But Yeah, we just didn't have a very good opening, did we? It framed it really well, and it kind of, like, made it, like, you know, that the whole, you know... And Micah says it himself, like, you know, that there, there are... There are you know, people like his teacher in the world and he's, his teacher's white and he's developed him in the way that, you know... Yeah, that relationship yeah, that was relationship extraordinary and, to and see. And there's yeah. relationships like that everywhere. Yeah. And they just, like I said, they need to be tapped into. Yeah. Um, and Mike is one case of that and that just worked as a way to frame it that, like, you know, people aren't the problem. It's just society just needs to look at things in a different way. Yeah, yeah. And um, who, so who, who approached you? Did Micah come to Buzz? Did Buzz go to Micah? How, how did, do we know how... I think we, yeah, we approached Micah because, I mean, he was, like, still fairly up and coming in the sort of punditry world and stuff, yeah. but we felt he had the passion and 
because you didn't only dials toast yeah that like, comes out yeah. with needles across exactly so we, we we recognize that and we didn't want to make it too technical when we can make him sort of feel the emotions and like bring out you know his his true feelings that's when he was best yeah. not when we're giving him like a thousand things to say you know we'll give him a brief we'll of course do that but when he just spoke from an emotional point of view that's he's when naturally it reacting to the conversation exactly that's happening. Yeah. exactly yeah yeah okay cool okay let me have a look uh, yeah, this is a really great question. How can we expand this ethos across the country and into other companies to grow positive change? Brilliant question. I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's a, no, that's not an easy question, is it? Yeah. We don't have many minutes left to answer it either, but it's a brilliant question for us to think about. I mean, if you, if you take Buzz16's approach to it, like I said, it's not about... It's good. F- it's not about ticking boxes, like Rio said. Yeah. It's, it's about good people who want to work hard and I think the investment, chance. I think that bit yeah. seems critical to me Massively, as well. That, yeah. that starting actually, early, you know, getting people, starting an early career, giving people the opportunity to think that there's a way of having a career in the media, yeah. making programmes yeah. early on, not sort of looking around when you need a, you know, 35-year-old producer and thinking, you know, we're not doing, we're not, you know, we've got issues around a diversity in our company. It is having ways of getting people to see that there are... Um, opportunities I suppose yeah and there's uh, opportunities I'd, I'd, and pathways yeah. available right yeah. there, this is a good this is a great oh. industry there's a brilliant things about it and there's yeah as we say great career pathways available but we're not communicating that I don't think we're communicating that enough to young people so if we can do that then that's good thing is, is that our team is very very young as well yeah so that helps like bring up a whole new generation of, oh sorry just hit the mic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. brings a whole new generation up like from from the ground up which yeah. is like only good for our company yeah, yeah. I, I, I never knew there was any possibility to work in TV no. and I didn't want to work in TV when I grew up you know I come from a football background so, like so I, was football playing, was I was playing football <laughs> up until 18 so oh were you okay yeah so then to you know four years later like I'm in this position so it just shows that you need to yeah get them early and make them realise that you can work in TV because yeah. I never would have known if it wasn't for mum and youth yeah. So we need we need more of mummy youths around, yeah. around inspiring generations. Yeah. I'm the total opposite of Rio because I didn't have mummy youth growing up. Um, like Rio's 23 now. Yeah, um, I'm 37. So I've come through this industry without any of that as, as a, a sort of support. Yeah. So to get hopefully to a place where I am now, um, and then get to teach these guys like my way, if that's one one way to say it without sounding bad, but. <laughs> Um, it's a good to, way. To, to, show, to show them a, a way that I, I've learned over my years yeah. work is, is only good for everyone uh, for everyone at our company and everyone hopefully that come, comes to buzz yeah so. amazing well look we've totally run out of time thank you so much all of you it's been, I could t- chat to you all day about this but as I say congratulations again on a really amazing thank documentary and thank, thank you very you. much for joining us thank you thanks for listening to this episode of the Broadcast Sport Podcast we'll have more soon So subscribe now and we'll see you on the next one.